I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. we got a Trump impersonator here. We debated whether or not it was best to, uh, which is funniest, pass it off as if it is Trump or let you know it's an impersonator. I think maybe it's funnier if you know it's a person doing a Trump impersonation because it's really good. Here, by the way, is Trump's response to the State of the Union address. The 2023 State of the Union Address, or as I call it, the wonders of Adderall, the slur of the Union, started out with a kiss. <laughs> Kamala's husband planted a big wet one on the mouth of Dr. Jill. They call her Dr. Jill, like Peter Stroke and Lisa Page. Oh, Peter, I love you. Oh, Lisa, I love you too. The FBI lovebirds, what a disgrace. Sleepy Joe Biden used the word folks more than I've ever used the phrase believe me, which is a lot when you think about it, believe me. And I want to congratulate Sleepy Joe for creating more new words than any president in the history of our great country. He says the State of the Union is strong, and that's fake news. China's flying balloons over our great country, and we will only be strong when I return to the White House and make America great again. That's a pretty good Trump right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. What a disgrace. <laughs> FBI lovebirds. What a disgrace. And it was. Oh, that, that reminds me. The uh, Hunter Biden laptop Twitter hearings going on on Capitol Hill. Boy, is that a clown show. And not for the reasons the mainstream media is uh, reporting it, but there's it's just the ability to talk seriously about the core issues is just, it's vanished in American politics, I think. It's just grandstanding and scoring points and the rest of it. It's a little discouraging. Madonna's face continues to be our national nightmare from the Grammys the other night. So she went on there, if you weren't watching, and uh, if you've been following over the years, she looks like, she looks, she looks, she, well, she doesn't look like Madonna. 
at all. And she's had all kinds of surgery done, and then she gets all kinds of filler in her head. So it's big and round and smooth. Um, and there's not a wrinkle to be seen, but it's really round, and her lips are giant, and she just she look, doesn't look like a human being, really. She looks like somebody stuck a, an air hose in her ear and, her <laughs> ear and inflated her. Pumped her up. Yeah, well, um, uh, there's a, a Washington Post opinion piece today talking about how America just won't let women age gracefully. No, I think they will. I think we oh, will yeah. let women age gracefully. I don't think we'll women let women or men or anyone deform themselves and then not comment on it. Act like we're not supposed to say anything. So all the jokes made about Kenny Rogers, for instance, is that anti-male bias, anti-chicken purveyor, it's anti-gambling, anti-gambler? Exactly. <laughs> Come on, you um, people with your fake grievances. Oh, you tire my hiney out. Madonna tweeted out yesterday: "The world's going to need a hiney lift." Madonna tweeted out yesterday: "The world is threatened by my power and stamina, my intelligence, and my will to survive. But they will never break me. This is all the test." All right, you look like a freakazoid. You did it to yourself. <laughs> if you just looked like an aging woman who was really hot when she was younger, nobody would say a word. I certainly wouldn't. That would be weird. All right, here, here's here's a good one for you. How many people belittled Bonnie Raitt the other night? Right. How many people thought Christine McVie looked like a freak and, and criticized her for it? Or uh, her uh, her songmate there, Stevie Nicks? Yeah, that perfectly perfectly good example. There weren't. All kinds of memes online making fun of the fact that Bonnie Raitt now looks like a 75-year-old woman because that's what she is. No, of course not. Right. If her face had been big and round and flat with giant puffy lips, there would have been tons of, of memes and comments. Right. It'd be a little right. off-brand for what, her. What a load of crap. Yeah, yeah, it would. By the way, I like this ongoing meme that people use. So Madonna tweets out, the world is threatened by my power and stamina, blah, blah, blah. And the response from Jonah Goldberg was, ma'am, this is a Wendy's. I love that thing. I love that whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I mean, it's just a, basically a good way to say, who are you talking to? I mean, what? It- right. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? What are you on about here? Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is a Wendy's. Oh, so funny. Yes, it is. So HBO trying to be on the right side of history. You might remember back during the height of Black Lives Matter, they took Gone with the Wind. I believe the top grossing movie of all time still. Adjusted for inflation. I believe that's still correct. They pulled Gone I mean, from- the avatar that I have still not seen five minutes of may have surpassed it. I don't know. So they pulled Gone with the Wind from HBO Max, which you can watch lots of old stuff on. They later brought it back, accompanied by a disclaimer and two videos discussing the context of the movie. Which, if you watch those, you're a certain sort of person that I'm not. One of the videos is an hour-long discussion panel debating the movie's complicated legacy. You're supposed to watch this hour-long discussion panel. About the legacy of Gone with the Wind before you watch it, I guess, so you're not damaged or afterwards so you can recover or something. I don't know. You know what that has the feel to me of is like when you speed and you get a ticket and they make you go to traffic court. Right. So it doesn't show up on your insurance. And and the instructor is barely, barely even pretending anybody's getting anything out of it. Nobody taking the class is getting anything out of it. But you've checked a box. Sure. HBO Max has also brought back more of the Looney Tunes that had been canceled because of a variety of things. 
Hmm. Uh, they have stripped Yosemite Sam and Elmer Fudd of their pistols and shotguns from any of the uh, episodes, for instance, when they I'm hunting rabbits. Well, you're hunting rabbits with nothing in your hands now, which is kind of weird. looks weird. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. They do, however, allow Elmer Fudd to continue to hunt Bugs Bunny while armed with a terrifying scythe, or scythe, depending on how you say it. Slicing up Bugs is better than shooting him, says one critic. It's yeah. the idea of having a long, curved knife that you're going to just cut him into ribbons is okay, but you wouldn't want to shoot a rabbit. That's so strange. Well, it's so freaking stupid. Yosemite, well, he is, admittedly, though, a talking rabbit. Yosemite Sam is armed. Well, it's a, it's a cartoon, I must point out also. Yosemite Sam is armed with a scary-looking curved blade. I mean, I can't tell you how many times my kids have tried to run into the side of a mountain when I paint a tunnel on it. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's never-ending. So Yosemite Sam has like a scythe? I mean, he has a curved blade in one episode where he's kind of a pirate. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they Vaguely. let him have that, but he's not allowed to have his six shooters on his side. More recently, HBO Max has begun censoring cigarettes in old movie posters that they use when you're flipping through. Like, I don't know if you remember the Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, a Western from way back in the day with Paul Newman. But on the uh, the poster, if you're flipping through things to watch on HBO Max, you'll see him oddly holding his fingers up to his mouth because they've photoshopped the cigarette out of his hand. Maybe I should be more paternalistic. I Maybe maybe we're strange rangers. Well, I know we are, but because um, I, I look at that and I think the information on the dangers of smoking is not only available, it's unavoidable. It's omnipresent. So you got an old-timey cowboy there who is burning a cig. Uh, I'm still not smoking, thank you. And I figure but everybody what about the else. Children? Well, don't let them smoke. What about the children, Joe? <laughs> I was a ch- I was a children too, Jack, and my children's were children's as well, and none of us smoke because we have the information. I just I don't get that impulse. We can't have someone smoking in this poster. Well, the dude in the movie smoked, and this is like 70 years ago, 50 years ago, whatever. Well, I think that's stupid, but it's way closer to defendable than taking the gun away from Yosemite Sam. That's just, you're a crazy person nonsense. You know what I would like to do? If Parody is fair use. If I knew an animator, perhaps you're an animator, I want to make a Looney Tunes episode. Where Yosemite Sam or uh, or Daffy, who is uh, Elmer Fudd, um, explains, they've taken away my firearms. <laughs> so now I've got to hunt the wabbit with my bare hands. And then he catches bugs and beats him to death with both of his fists. Barbaric! But at least there's not a gun. Right. Well, as this uh, Ken LaCourt writes in his Substack, you can still find plenty of shows on HBO featuring drug use, murder, gore, rape, all kinds of horrible things if you like that sort of thing. But Bugs Bunny does not, uh, Elmer Fudd does not have a gun, and you won't see a cigarette in a poster. So yay for uh, our children. Right. Old-timey cowboys don't smoke, but raping, sure. We got a variety of rape-oriented titles for it. How, how do you possibly portray uh, us as a grown-up society where we think we're going to eliminate school shootings by not having Elmer Fudd carry a shotgun? Here it comes. Everybody's guns are going to be taken away. Including Elmer Fudd. You know, when I become emperor, uh, run for your lives. Uh, but when I become emperor, there will be... Oh, you want a- debauchery? <laughs> if I'm ever emperor, there's going to be serious debauchery. I'll make Caligula look like Jimmy Carter. Like, like um, Mike Pence. <laughs> a better and more contemporary example. Um, 
there will be a compulsory government test. And if you're the sort of, of fuzzy-eyed dreamer that doesn't get the idiotic illogic of what we're talking about, you, you, it's fine. I mean, you're not going to be punished or put in a penal camp or anything like that, but you're not going to be in charge of anything. Oh. Now, we'll have a couple of fuzzy-headed poet types around because it takes all kinds in, in, in Jotopia. Um, and, and I will understand, I will seek out the Jotopia. thoughts of the unicorn riders among you, but you're not going to be in charge. Right. Holy cow, we're at peak stupid. Having said that, just wait for tomorrow. U.S. and French troops training as part of a NATO exercise in Europe, in Romania, not far from where the war is happening. I think probably to let Putin know, as the big offensive has begun, don't try to take it any further than Ukraine. I assume that's the message. Yeah, and a little bit of our soldiers know what they're doing, to mm. Keep that in mind. Gotcha. Uh, and other news on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am fatigued today for some reason. Don't know why. I need Sorry ginkgo biloba that. or I need to drink a five-hour five energy drink or something like that. 
get some sleep. Huh? Uh, it could be that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, the great grandpa's uh, State of the Union speech the other night included a number of uh, head scratchers, including why he was bellowing angrily about who would trade places with Xi Jinping. We can play that later, maybe, but uh, very on. Um, and of course, uh, he vowed vengeance about, uh, against anybody who would you raise the price of friction jobs. Um, which we're going to play you as part of this clip, but because that, I mean, it's like <clears throat> you can have a great opening act, but then when the headliner blows everybody's minds, you forget about the opening act. So we missed one uh, head scratcher of a quote. Go ahead, Michael, if you would. As my football coach used to say, lots of luck in your senior year. <laughs> Make no mistake. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. Now, I didn't hear the context that was in. And generally, that sort of saying just means, yeah, you good luck with that plan. But uh, did that fit in with what he was talking about? Uh, it may have. I, well, judging by the reaction to it, no. Um, as the New York Times wrote an entire piece um, entitled, What Does Lots of Luck in Your Senior Year Actually Mean? An Investigation. <laughs> An Investigation <clears throat> from the New York Times. Yeah, and it's really funny. Um, Democrats laughed. Republicans did not. Viewers watching it at home smiled and nodded, maybe getting it, but not really getting it. <laughs> Democrat Representative Ro Khanna of California said he had no idea what the football line meant, but he was inspired by the president's economic plan. And they go into some other reactions. Um, <clears throat> most of them are fairly uh, fake sounding. Representative Jim Banks, Republican of Indiana, said in an email that the congressman was, quote, bewildered several times during the speech. Bewildered. Author Saeed Jones, who watched the speech remotely, said, I have no idea what that means, but it was a hit. <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, and then uh, everybody uh, agrees that it seems to be dismissive, but they go into the history of Biden using that phrase. Okay. And indeed, growing up, he did have a football coach at Archmere Academy. Um, uh, they he, he introduced his coach into the Hall of Fame, made no reference to the senior year. Mr. Biden usually deploys the phrase as a dismissive insult to less experienced lawmakers who have logged fewer years in politics and have promised to tackle Democratic legislation. Well, everybody's had fewer years in politics than Joe Biden. Right. That is among people north of the earth. Yes. So during one of Mr. Biden's last interviews as Veep, the journalist Andrea Mitchell asked him about the promise of Donald J. Trump to repeal the Affordable Care Act and replace it within the span of one day. <laughs> Remember the expression you'd have when you'd pass around your yearbook to be signed and someone would say, lots of luck in your senior year? An amused Mr. Biden asked, lots of luck in your senior year, Mr. Trump. Okay, so we're, we're getting getting an idea of it. Last November, when he was asked during a news conference to respond to Republican lawmakers planning to investigate his son, Hunter, and his family's business interests, he again revisited the salty aside. Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. <laughs> I think the American public wants us to move on, get things done for them. At times, Mr. Biden has suggested that the phrase is more of a yearbook-style salutation. In 1999, Mr. Biden told his Senate colleagues that when he told Slobodan Milosevic, the former president of Serbia, that you are a war criminal. 
Mr. Milosevic was unmoved. He looked at me as if he said, as if I'd said, good luck in your senior year. It did not faze him a bit. Okay. Uh, Mr. Biden is also happy to use the rejoinder for his domestic opponents. During the 2020 year election, 2020 election, Biden used it to respond to Senator Bernie Sanders, independent of Vermont, who suggested he wouldn't be able to beat Mr. Trump. Good luck, Bernie. <laughs> Bernard Sanders. That's the guy. Lots of luck in your senior year, Bernie. That's what they used to say in the yearbooks, you know. Lots of luck in your senior year. I don't think it's as clever as he thinks it is. (laughs) No, no. Well, that's a pretty good response from that clip we played from the State of the Union. I mean, if you're a comedian and you get that reactional line, you'd keep it in your act. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but him being so amused by it. And nobody's... (laughs) I have no idea what that meant. Said several Democrats. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Katie Rogers wrote that piece for the New York Times. That's uh, uh, shockingly uh, fair-minded and amusing. So there are. Uh, there's a new poll out to do. Uh, I shouldn't ask this question because I know what your answer is going to be. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to see the new YouGov poll about uh, Trump versus DeSantis and that sort oh. of stuff? Oh, yeah, I kind of do. I can pair it with some commentary that I think is pretty important already because of the way the early going is going to uh, unfold. If you miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Vibrant is not a laxative and works with your body's natural process. Simply swallow with a glass of water. Vibrant's unique drug-free approach uses gentle vibrations to stimulate the colon mechanically. The pre-programmed timing of the mechanical stimulation 
is thought to improve the natural colonic mobility by leveraging the colon's biological clock. The disposable capsule is expelled with natural bowel movements. Won't gerbils do the same thing? So this oh, is a new vi- vibrating constipation pill hmm. that uh, apparently is a thing. The the um, That reminded me, my kids have been lately mocking. We were watching the Grammys the other night with the commercials. Lots of commercials for drugs. Um, you know, prescription drugs because TV audience is older for those kind of shows. But the list of possible side effects, I mean, it has gone from, you know, kind of amusing and tired as a joke to just, it's ridiculous now. It's half the commercial mm-hmm. to satisfy the lawyers, I guess, half the commercial, and it lists every horrible thing that could possibly befall you as a human. Right. And so, it's terrifying. And so what is the point? Well, everybody ignores it, so it's be it's way past the point of doing anybody any good it needs to be done away with okay read the label or go to the website or something but the i mean we were watching one it was eye paralysis and lose your limbs i mean just like some ridiculous (laughs) over the top wow what now that's a side effect (laughs) no kidding eye paralysis what the hell yeah yeah if you experience any of these symptoms call a physician immediately because you're dying that's the one that usually gets me uh, and and some of it's nichey and like heavy, like the various lung cancer drugs that they're advertising now. You know, have have a few extra days with your loved ones thanks to what's its face. You know, lung riva, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's chilling. Um, too much blanking perspective. I'm gonna keep this short. How's your colonic mobility, though? You didn't address that at all. You just uh, ignored it. Tried to change the subject. I give it a three on a scale of one to five. Uh, so it travels through the stomach and small intestine, just like food does. After 14 hours, the pill reaches the large intestine and gets to work, uh, vibrating and 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 firing up your uh, your large intestine. I guess. Fantastic. And your love life, presumably. I don't know. Does it or doesn't it? I don't know. So I will keep this short. Once I start into it, if you groan, keep in mind this won't last very long. Um, Some polling on the 2024 presidential race. Ugh. Wow. Now, it matters the question to ask. Monmouth is out with a poll that's getting a fair amount of attention in Republican circles because it has DeSantis up by 13 over Trump. But it includes Republican-leaning people, which is a whole bunch of people that might not vote in the primaries. I mean, that's why I think it's important. It's an excellent um, point. You, you tend to be pretty gung-ho to be the primary-style voter. This other poll that's out, this is a 2024 National Republican primary from YouGov, and this asks primary voters, just Republican primary voters, in which um, in a big field that includes Haley Pence, Pompeo, Hogan, Trump and DeSantis are roughly tied. <laughs> They're roughly tied with Trump on top by by one. In a three-way field, Trump, DeSantis, Haley, Trump is up by three, but basically tied within the margin of error. And then in a two-way race, DeSantis is slightly ahead, but once again within the margin of error. So it's hmm. more or less a tie between Trump and DeSantis, even in the primary voters. So that's kind of interesting. Now, that being said, Trump put out a couple of uh, retweets, ads, however you want to look at them. Trump, Trump understands the modern world. Why would you buy a freaking ad when you can retweet something controversial and it's going to be seen by more people 
mm-hmm. and it costs you nothing. And he tr- retweeted a couple of blasts against DeSantis, if you haven't seen him, with a picture of a young Ron DeSantis when he was a high school teacher. Looks like standing in the kitchen at a party holding a beer with a couple of high school girls, like with their arms around him with their head on his chest. I mean, so it's pretty cozy drinking beer with high school girls picture. Um, you think that's going to land from Trump? I don't I think mean, granted ha- high school girls is, is objectionable, but I don't think it has to land from Trump the way I think you mean it. I think it just has to take the he's perfect. Oh, yeah. A, a, you know, gloss off of him. Well, fair enough. And then also, uh, Mark Halperin points out in his newsletter today that be, be, because of the State of the Union dress the other night and what we all saw and Kevin McCarthy going saying, look, and look, uh, Social Security and Medicare are off the table. We're not even going to touch it. And then everybody cheering in unison that bipartisan moment of we're not going to be fiscally responsible. A lot of politicians out there right now, as Halpern points out, come from the Tea Party era and have lots of receipts about being big on we got to deal with Social Security, Medicare, and our costs. And that is no longer, you know, cool. And mm-hmm. so all those people, including Ron DeSantis, who is one of those guys, there are going to be a lot of clips of him giving speeches or opinion pieces he wrote or whatever where they talk about, and Trump is pointing out, DeSantis wants to cut your Medicare. DeSantis wants to cut your Social Security. So you're going to have, within the Republican Party, Trump beating up DeSantis for wanting to be like a Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, get our fiscal house in order guy. And is that going to work in this current moment? I do not know. That'll be tough to watch. Then for the op-ed stuff, Mark Halpern makes the point that if you think, look, a guy who got to be elected governor of Florida can't have any skeletons in his closet, surely there's been enough oppo research on him already, points out, remember George Bush? Elected twice in Texas? Democrats saw him coming from a mile away, and the whole DUI thing didn't emerge until, what, the weekend before the presidential election? Mm -hmm. So there's always more stuff out there. Once you get onto the campaign trail, who knows what's in the background of any of these candidates? Well, yeah, and and in a very real way, putting the dirt aside, these candidates are in the same spot that a highly touted college draft pick is in the NFL. It's uh, They show great potential, and won't it be exciting to see them play? But until you start playing as a national figure, a truly national figure under national scrutiny, you don't know how well they're going to play. The examples are are many. Well, again, the, the the examples are many of people who are wait till this guy gets in. He's a rock star, by the way. Reporting out today that DeSantis is going to get in this summer, but the wait till you know, and I could give you a long, long list of names on both sides. Wait till this person gets in. Wait till that person gets in. They almost always fizzle. The big oh wow, this is going to be huge. Except for Barack Obama and George W. Bush, pretty much all of them fizzled. Yeah, yeah. Well. We'll see. We That's will why see. they play the games, yep. Jack. Well, the, the overall point being, I didn't get to the overall point, the most likely scenario, according to a lot of pundits, is Biden-Trump. And lots of polling, Washington Post, ABC, USA Today poll, there's like four major polls out there show overwhelming majorities of Americans do not want that. Which polls? All of them. Okay. So the okay. most likely scenario currently, according to pundits and some polling, is not what people want. Almost nobody wants a Trump-Biden rematch. That's why we ought to institute voting to get our candidates. So the will of the people is expressed. 
through who are the candidates and who wins. Wait a minute. Wait now. What's that? Oh, boy. Uh, I'll shut up about it now. But what, what the hell are you supposed to make of that situation? I don't know. What's what what bottom line that for me, please? The, I think well, I think the bottom line would be the primary system is broken and not the best way to pick a candidate. Thank you. Yes, absolutely true. I mean, could there be a clearer indicator of that? Eighty percent of people think it's going to be these two. Eighty percent of people would rather commit suicide than see that. <laughs> but let's just continue on. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Oh, lordy. So, like so many aspects of the uh, the green thing, the green energy, renewable energy, it's just utterly unmoored from realism. I'm in favor of it all. It sounds great. Let's just be realistic about it. There was a great report on uh, Fox News last night, special report with Brett Baer about uh, solar, the solar industry in China and the panels and stuff. Reminds you very much of the uh, uh, electric vehicle thing. If we do, we have time to squeeze that in. I think we do next segment. Sure. All right. Why don't we do that? Sure. Is it the end of solar power in America for a while? Might be. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It grows every year for sure. Bobby Monticello with Ipsun Solar says her company now works about 10 projects a week. The U.S. Energy Information Administration says residential solar installations rose 34 percent from 2020 to 2021, thanks in part to billions in federal and local subsidies. If you have tax liability, it's a 30 percent reduction in the cost of your project. So it's a huge incentive. Heck yeah, it's practically the only way solar makes sense is if you get those tax breaks in terms of when it pencils out for you coming out ahead. 
And if your energy is ridiculously expensive, like Cal Unicornia, for example, although California has decided that too many upper crusty people were taking advantage and getting solar. and The tax breaks were going to wealthy and poor people were not getting solar. So by definition, it's a lack of equity. So they're doing away with that, which means nobody's going to get solar. <laughs> oh, no. Nope, so, not at all. The numbers so, don't make any sense. They're going to go from only people that make a decent living and have nice houses from getting solar to nobody getting solar. And that's a win for equity. Except when mandated by the government, like new developments have to have solar on them, for instance. But that's going to be the only ones. Um, so anyway, yeah, great policy. Meanwhile... Because of various factors involving uh, China being a communist uh, dictatorship, uh, the, the, the nature of the equipment, how it's produced, who produces it, and what it costs is changing fundamentally in a way that's not going to do uh, solar any good either. Roll on, Michael. 80% of the solar supply chain is in China. And now to protect its manufacturing, Beijing is considering banning exports of key solar technology after undercutting U.S. products more than a decade ago. China is now threatening to disrupt solar, U.S. solar ambitions uh, again by not selling us those key building blocks that go into solar manufacturing. The Labor Department says about 95% of solar panels are made from polysilicon, and nearly half the global production comes from Xinjiang, China, where Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities are subjected to forced labor. So basically, well, come all, on, we'll get to the slavery eventually, yes? So basically, all of that material you need comes from China, and... Uh, they're not going to let us use it anymore. Yeah, my uh, caption of that clip is, ain't globalism grand? Uh, you know, it actually is pretty effective in a lot of ways unless you decide to play footsie with a giant communist dictatorship, which has been playing you f- for the fool for multiple decades. But so first they dump artificially cheap panels into the U.S. market, totally undermine our manufacturing uh, manufacturers, drive them out of business. And then for their own domestic needs, they say, yeah, we're not even going to sell them to you anymore. So you just don't get any. Now, come on, China. Yeah, we got to make our own solar panels here, our own pills here, our own everything here. We got to decouple with China. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the slave plantation. A federal law went into effect last summer, requiring customs officials to seize products from Xinjiang. But in a letter to Congress, the acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner says there is, quote, a risk that solar panel components with a nexus to Xinjiang could appear in the supply chains exported to the United States. But that CBP, quote, has devoted significant resources to the development of techniques to improve supply chain visibility. The U.S. Solar Industry Trade Association calls evidence of forced labor reprehensible and strongly encourages its companies to move their supply chains out of the region. There's going to be an interesting test for the planet when you get to decide, are we going to do business with China or not? And China's got a lot of really cheap stuff. I mean, we all know the decision we've made in the United States over the past decades. We'll buy the cheap crap. Slaves, yeah, I read something about that somewhere. Anyway, this toy sure is cheap. (laughs) You know what I like about that story is it's the nexus of so many different, like, vague, fuzzy, progressive causes that are kind of inconvenient to each other. We want to go green and renewable. Okay. Okay. The only place that'll sell us the panels is a repressive communist regime that has slaves. Well, okay, if you're gonna buy the, if you're not gonna buy the panels from the slaves, they're gonna be much more expensive. So the numbers don't work at all, and nobody's going to quote unquote grow go green. And then we've only begun. We are in the infancy of dealing with 
dead solar panels in this country because the great wave of solar, which is mostly California, honestly, you know, started eh, conservatively, what, 20 years ago? That's roughly the lifespan of solar panels, at least those of that period. So, yeah, we're going to have not acres, but like hectares of dead solar panels everywhere in America soon. Well, that's got to deal with those. That's one aspect of it. And when people's solar panels die, are they going to even replace them? Or are they going to think, yeah, I'm not going to spend what it costs to get those and spend all that money? You do the math, think I'll just pay my electric bills the way I've been in the past. It sucks, but I'm not well, going right, to come out it ahead. Doesn't, right. It doesn't even come close to penciling out anymore. So you're going to have a bunch of dead solar systems on people's houses. Yeah. that's that. I think that's the most likely situation, yeah. Uh, I, you know, we need to launch a, a business, a new business. This is my $10 million idea uh, because a million dollar idea isn't that impressive anymore. Thanks to uh, inflation. Uh, my $10 million <laughs> idea is uh, my company will rewire your solar panels. So they display hilarious messages <laughs> on your rooftop, whether to passing airplanes or uncooperative neighbors or whatever. Turn down the music, you effing idiot. You know, that sort of thing. Or go Chiefs or whatever you want to say. Sure, yeah. It could be, it could trust Jesus. It could be whatever you yeah, want. Now you have a Free giant. Free speech, man, right? Now you have a giant electronic billboard on top of your house. I'm not going to tell you what to put up there. I'm just going to give you the means to do it. Trump 2024, whatever you want to put on your, your roof. Solar dot dot dot. Great idea! Exclamation point. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't that be charming? And then if you, you know, if you're a rich guy and you can afford it, we'll have uh, the ability to put animations up there. Sure. Gifs and such. <laughs> or do you say gifs? Check your clock. It's time to stop. Jack and Joe, they've got to go. And if they don't get canned, they'll be back tomorrow. Bigger if than ever. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, how about a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day? There he is, pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, we're getting quite a few texts about people wanting the cheese dip recipe. Uh, Just go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can actually just hit the magnifying glass and type in cheese dip, and it'll pop right on the screen if you want. (laughs) Really? It's it's a fun way to do it, yeah. the magnifying glass. That is a fun way to do it. The old search function. Jack, hey, uh, final thought for us. <laughs> so Michael is bringing in his legendary cheese dip tomorrow, and we were talking about what chips to eat it with, and you besmirched the Fritos scoop, which is our go-to. What is your favorite go-to chip to use with dip? Because it has to be sturdy enough. Otherwise, I find it very annoying. Chips that break off in the dip, all that pisses me off. I have never liked Cheetos. These are Fritos. So, Fritos are different fr- than Cheetos. Uh, I'm sorry. A Cheeto would be disgusting with, dip? with the oh. bean dip. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've never particularly liked Fritos, although I will concede they are the perfect vessel for Michael's dip. Yeah, they're good as a yeah as a good way to scoop out this stuff. But so, but what do you use? Uh, th- well, for that sort of thing, uh, Fritos are fine. Or do but you in use? In general, I'd rather have a a, a, a cor- tortilla t- chip. You use celery, don't you? You're one of those people. What what what? You stick celery Boy, aren't in we your fancy. dip. Yeah, aren't we fancy? Why don't you and Doctor Oz enjoy your shoterke or whatever that thing's called? What we'll is that? Enjoy your obesity, <laughs> charcuterie, <Yeah>. your rube. <laughs> you with your celery <laughs> and my Beaujolais. 
Whatever that is. Okay, well, maybe I'll tie, try a different chip then. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Canapes. Yes. That's what Dr. Oz said. Yes. He lost to the stroke victim who's now in the hospital. <laughs> nice candidate. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the delicious cheese dip recipe. You'll love it. Uh, also, we've got your hot links there. Get some A&G swag, a t-shirt. Man, the, the laughter, the delight on the recipient's face. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Well, Lottie frickin' duck! Get the hell out of here! Okay, so let's go out with a bang. What to do about the threat of balloons? Solar-powered dart drones flying around just looking for something to poke a hole. (laughs) They send a balloon. We send the dart. That's the Chicago way. Gotcha. Hmm? Whoa. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.